Welcome to Chip Chat, an interview series that connects you with technology experts around the issues that industry is focused on today. And now your host, Allison Klein. Welcome to Chip Chat. We're coming to you live from the OpenStack Summit in Vancouver. I'm Allison Klein, and today I'm delighted to be joined by Intel VP Kurt Obley. Welcome, Kurt. Good day, Allison. How are you doing today? I'm doing great. This is your first time on Chip Chat, so I wanted to just have you introduce yourself to the audience and what your focus is within the data center group. So my role at Intel is vice president and CTO of our data center group. And my focus is actually on our new innovations, our new architectures, and pathfinding to create the next generation of data center. When you take a look at the wide scope of what we are delivering in the data center, everything from server infrastructure to storage and next generation storage architectures to transforming the network and then all of the things that sit on top of that to deliver to our vision of software-defined infrastructure, that's an enormous charter. How do you guys tackle the priority of technology investment that you want to deliver, and what are the things that are making you the most excited these days? Well, first, it is an enormous challenge, and I'm quite fortunate to have a fantastic immediate team, that's a global team, as well as an amazing set of partners and emerging customers for an ecosystem that allows us to look from that holistic big picture. Mm -hmm. So when I think of the data center, it does start from that foundation of having an amazing server platform that provides fantastic performance. When you look at the new memory technologies coming out and the new networking and fabric technologies coming out, the breadth of homogeneous and heterogeneous technologies we have at the compute level is dramatically different than just a few years ago. So that provides that foundation for software-defined networking, software-defined compute, software-defined storage, but also things like software-defined security and software-defined energy management, facilities management, all leading up to supporting an orchestration and ultimately delivering applications across your private clouds for maybe most secure mission applications, your public clouds for your scale out, as well as an emerging hybrid fusion between the two, which I think OpenStack is a technology that's really providing that foundation that you're seeing a lot of new applications coming out on. Why is OpenStack important in that hybrid cloud connection to you? And where do you think the industry is in terms of its delivery? So there's a general trend of what I would call makers, where people do buy great commercial off-the-shelf technologies, and they provide a foundation for many of the different technologies that are delivered in data center. But the reality is that each customer set, each vertical is a little bit different. This enables that maker community to take and customize and tailor. And when you start customizing and tailoring, you start seeing things that are common. So OpenStack, I think, provides a foundational capability from a cloud computing perspective where you can tailor and share common technologies like the new Kilo release that's coming out. And of course, when you talk about the Kilo release, it was better than Ice House, but hey, that next Liberty release is going to be even better, right? Because that next release is always better because you're learning. There's such a large community. It allows you to tailor technologies to your specific needs. So if you want to have an orchestration and scheduler that's going to meet a specific algorithm you have that's pulling telemetry from the Intel architecture that you're running on, so you can maximize, say, a service level agreement for a customer or a customer experience on a mobile platform or a social media platform, suddenly you now have the mechanism to do that at a speed that you don't have to wait for someone else's roadmap, you're creating your own. 
How do you keep all of those workloads in those environments secure and maintain the security SLAs and all of the government regulations, industry regulations in place when we move to this new world? So whenever there's something new, it's exciting and scary all at the same time. And usually the risk meter starts to pop up a little bit. The good news is if you understand the technology from the hardware level through that firmware and the operating systems and your virtual machines and your containers and your orchestration, your ability to defend it or manage your risk from a security perspective goes up dramatically. And when we look at that, it starts with a foundation of trust. Because if you don't trust your private cloud provider internally to that team or your public cloud provider, you don't have that first level of trust, the probability you're going to move a workload into an environment you don't trust is very low. So whatever we can do to look at risk holistically and all the different technologies and say, what can we do to mitigate threats so that we have higher levels of confidence? That way, we can move workloads where it's best. So from a security perspective, we just released our cloud integrity technology that takes advantage of the Intel architecture at the TXT and TPM level, the trusted level of the hardware itself. So when you boot your operating system from bare metal or a hypervisor from bare metal, you're ensuring the integrity of their foundation of both the hardware firmware as well as your base operating system. Then as you start spinning up new technologies like new virtual machines and others, those initial systems that come up, you're decrypting them, you're ensuring the integrity of them, so you're starting from a safe place to start with. Huge value for the private cloud and the emerging cloud providers that are leveraging this technology as well. What is the importance of standard approaches when we're looking at that hybrid environment and ensuring that people can have a single view of all of the security levels at any given time, no matter where the workload is residing? Well, having standards across the board has a lot of different values. First is interoperability. If you want the ability to have the most flexible and a nice rich ecosystem where you can move your workload from one cloud to another, if everyone's using some proprietary technologies or proprietary standards, it really limits your ability to have that flexibility that most businesses or, or governments need. Because each geolocation around the world typically has little different regulations, and then each vertical, be it healthcare or others, has some other regulations. So by having some interoperability and some certain standards that everyone adheres to, your level of risk will go down because the transparency and understanding of where those workloads are going increases dramatically. And then you mentioned hardware root of trust, and we throw that expression out all the time at Intel. But can you tell me from a broader security perspective why this is so important, the interplay between hardware and software as we address security control of workloads? I usually just don't throw out those concepts unless we have some factual data to support it. But if you look holistically at a security program, you look not just at one piece of software, you look at your whole ecosystem, and that's from your supply chain, your suppliers, when the equipment comes in, make sure there weren't counterfeits along the way. Unfortunately, things like that happen in the world today. To make sure that when you do have a platform, it's going to operate the way you want that platform to run, and the software on that platform is going to operate the way that you want. When you are able to fuse the software on top of hardware that you trust, and you can verify that trust through integrity, through decryption, if you start up a workload or you stop it and you go to turn it on again, you start mitigating certain aspects of threats like insider threat, supply chain threats. Now suddenly, you don't have to worry about the foundations. You can focus on more advanced challenges you might have over time. I know you've got a cybersecurity background. There's been a lot of press of 
breaches, businesses being kind of almost crippled for periods of time as they address security concerns. How do you think the industry is going to respond to this to ensure the trend and the direction for cloud computing continues to move forward and provide the level of assurance to a company to ensure that they feel like they can move forward with their business plans without accepting an increased risk? The security industry has been really transforming since, I would say, around 2008, 2009. So when we start looking at things like the National Institute of Standards Cybersecurity Framework, which gives you a framework to manage your risk and improve your security over time, Uh, when you look at groups like the Australian Signals Directorate that publishes a top 35 best practices based on their analysis of security incidents and says if you follow these top 35 items, you can mitigate somewhere between 80 to 95% of the risks. Mm -hmm. There are a variety of international standards now that actually help people manage those risks that just, they didn't exist five years ago. Right. The challenge, of course, is doing it at scale. CIT was announced this week. Obviously, this is not the end game for our security strategy. What would you like to tell the audience about, you know, where Intel is focused in the future in terms of working with the industry around this important topic? From the start, we recognize that cybersecurity is a team sport. By sharing intelligence, sharing best-known methods, with industry, with government, with our end users, with our partners. It's kind of like that tide that brings all the boats up. As we look at software-defined security, as we look at hardware-defined security, technologies like CIT are completely open, RESTful API, so you can automate. One of the wonderful things about cloud computing is, and I, I usually get a little giggle out of this, cloud computing is much more secure than enterprise computing. In cloud computing, your ability to identify your assets you're going to protect then protect them, then detect issues, and then automatically correct them, dramatically goes up. Why? Automation and motivation. Because in cloud computing, you track all your assets, and usually you either maybe have a chargeback system if it's a private cloud, or if it's a public cloud, you actually charge for those assets. Well, if you're going to track the assets so you can put a financial dollar around it, guess what else you can do? You can automate the security around that. Suddenly, you can now make sure that every asset you have is implementing your best known methods. And if there is a problem, you want to ensure your business is resilient, you have the ability to go back to a known good platform, bring up that platform, bring up your services, and be back online so your business can continue to operate. Well, Kurt, it's been a great talk today at OpenStack Summit. I have so many more questions for you on different data center topics. We hope that you come back in the near future to tell us about another area that your team is working on. That'd be wonderful. Thank you very much. Visit ChipChat online at intel.com slash chipchat. And for more information on data center technologies, visit intel.com slash bigdata, intel.com slash cloud, and intel.com slash data center optimization.